to Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. Forty-niners cut back podcast time, Alex, and we got a big victory. Huge ant, huge victory. Who needs that? Who needs an infinity gauntlet when you got yourself a Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm I'm just kidding. Elijah infinity. Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell, yes. A Debo freaking Samuel. And Trent Williams. Trent Williams is always phenomenal. And Ant, we cannot forget the emergence of Brandon freaking Ayuk. It's a huge 49ers win versus the Bears. We're one game away from 500. Alex is excited right now. <sighs> Pumped, man. I'm jacked. You should yeah. be jacked too. 49ers fans faithful. You should be excited too. You can you can be upset about, you know, maybe the game not being as clean as you want it to be. Maybe the Niners didn't win the way you want them to win, but a win is a win in the NFL at the end of the day. You took care of business with a very depleted, depleted defense. Make sure you hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you, if you haven't already. Become the newest member of the Cutback Crew. Well, we've been saying for months now that this team is just a few plays and execution stuff away from coming out of these tight games where they've been, you know, finishing with losses and actually coming out with some some wins and winning football games at Ant. They did it. They did it this week. I'm hoping that this game is a forecast of the season where the beginning was struggles. Uh, you had field goals, missed field goals, missed opportunities, uh, missed opportunity, missed extra point, and then you had... Corners kind of you know doing just enough to stay close, just enough to stay close, and I'm hoping the second half of this game illustrates what the second half of the season is, where the 49ers turned it on, got it done, did what they needed to do to win, um, and Jimmy Garoppolo you know fired on all cylinders. This 49ers you know uh, receiving core fired on all cylinders, whether it was Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, or Muhammad Sanu, all of them were making plays. You sprinkle in a little Kyle Yuschek, Charlie Warner in the pass game. And it seemed like the 49ers offense was clicking. Jimmy Garoppolo was making throws on time. And when he was a little bit off, those receivers in the second half were making those catches. And then they were able to keep this thing going, keep that ball rolling, keep that momentum going. And it's really nice. I'm hoping that this carries over into the next game. But it was a different feeling from the first half where it felt like, dang it, we just can't get where we want to go. We, we're, we're doing okay. Um, there's frustrating moments and we just can't capitalize. And the second half is like, no, we're going to capitalize on everything. Um, Jimmy G looked like he was that guy. Like he was like, oh, oh, we're, we're going to have motion at the wrong time. No worries. I'm going to take it in. Um, oh, oh, we're going to have a read option. Yeah, I'm going to make you look foolish. And I'm going to run it in. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo offense, Trey offense, no different. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get it done with two touchdowns on the ground. It's funny. Um, but yeah, I, I laughed because Jimmy's going in there. And Jimmy's been running the football this year. But it looked like the old Jimmy Garoppolo getting outside the pocket, extending plays getting the ball down the field in that intermediate area over the middle. He looked pretty good, and I was excited to see it. We needed this win in a big way and got it done. This is the Jimmy Garoppolo that we saw in 2017 that every single 49ers fan, including myself, watched, watched what he did, the way he executed, kept plays alive, kept this team in the football game, and went, wow, man, maybe there's something special with this team if this guy's the quarterback. This is that guy. That's who we just saw today. I haven't seen this Jimmy Garoppolo since 2019. He showed up today. 
you. There hasn't been a game this season where you and I have both watched this football team operate and the offense operate and been like, all right, Jimmy's ready. Jimmy's dialed in. Like, Jimmy's ready to go. We've seen drives, right? We've seen glimpses. We haven't seen a half of a game like this. Um, even in the first half, I don't remember a miss Jimmy Garoppolo like, like a big miss throw from Jimmy. I don't remember it this football game. There's the only one that people will point out will be the possible interception. Which isn't on him because he's throwing with anticipation to what should be a breaking wide open Juwan Jennings. He's got Kyle Juszczyk running a similar route. One of them makes a mistake. I believe it's Kyle Juszczyk in that situation. Maybe he just got forced out of his area and maybe he was supposed to be a levels concept where he's supposed to be running a little bit of a an out route that's you know shorter, 5, 10 yards shorter than what it's supposed to be and he gets just get moved off of his spot and they end up in a, in a similar area. Um, but Juwan Jennings breaks and gets held. There's no call. It's unfortunate. Uh, luckily, that's not an interception. But Jimmy, for the most part, man, was dialed in. He was putting balls in areas for guys to go up in space and make football plays and catch the ball and, you know, right, be a football player. And guys did. Brandon Ayuk, scramble drill. Jimmy gets out of the pocket making plays, hosting guys one-on-one -on -one in the red zone, short yards areas where the 49ers are looking at him, right, especially with no George Kittle, looking at Brandon and being like, hey, man, this is where Devontae Adams wins. This is where, you know, the, the Keenan Allens of the world wins. The Julio Jones wins. They win, win in these moments right here. This is this is who what we drafted you to be. It's time to win. And Ayuk won. He won in the red zone. Um, even that slant pattern um, that gets knocked away. It's great coverage by the defender, but he's got the inside leverage. He's got position. Maybe you want him to create a little bit more separation. Jimmy puts the ball in a good spot. It's just a great play by the defender at that time. Brandon Ayuk was looking like the Brandon Ayuk of last year for the first time all year. And it couldn't be at a better time for this 49ers offense and for this team. Yes, because George Kittle is coming back on the horizon. What? Which means you add another piece to what they were doing. But um, Kyle Shanahan and uh, Mike McDaniel drew up some great run plays as well and got Elijah Mitchell involved in this football game. Um, there wasn't as much running up the middle. They really did muck it up in there. But there were great plays on the outside. These, these sweeps, these toss plays have been absolutely fantastic for the 49ers. The way that Elijah Mitchell is able to read the blocks, and the blocking is great. But the way he's able to read those blocks and then make his appropriate jump cuts and then get vertical real quick, fantastic. The guy's been doing it all year. We've been talking about how good he is, and he's proving it. There's there's no need to play another guy. Everyone wants to play other guys. No, this is running uh, back one. This is the guy right now. He's the one that's going to be able to get it done. And you've seen Jermichael Hasty be that second piece, that third down back that they always wanted uh, Jarek McKinnon to be. That's who he was. He caught the ball in the backfield. Great. Great one route. play over the middle. Great, great catch. Oh. Um, and... Huge because it keeps moving the sticks, moving the sticks. 49ers, they're executing in a big way. You're seeing defined roles now that you're starting to get guys back from injury. Seems like the offense is getting healthy. Um, the defense is another story because they're still banged up. Yeah. And it's and they're never going to be completely 100%. But what they continue to do is do enough to win football games. Because the defense has held the, you know, the, pretty much held them in every single game this year. They've never let anything get out of control, which it easily could. Um, and that's allowed the offense to find a rhythm. And this time the offense really did find rhythm. You had the drops in the first half, the drops weren't there in the second half. Um, so it's it's nice to see them executing in that in that way. I'm curious to get into the all 22 film and really break down the second half now. Normally when we get to second half, something, like, mm -mm, mm -mm. um, but this time I'm like, yeah, let's let's get into this. Let's really see how they're how they were handling operating, um, and seeing what they did to you know mask any weaknesses or if they just let their guys go out there and win. It's true. I mean, I want to I want to see what it, what the all 22 film shows. Um, about the adjustments too that they make um, and some of the concepts that they they attack there in the second half. 
because the first half it seemed like they were willing to put the ball in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands and let him throw, yeah. which was which was great to see. But every 49ers fan is sitting there watching us not put up points and be like, we got to run the football. In the second half, you do get some some running going, and the run game dialed up a little bit. But they still let Jimmy throw. He throws for over 300 yards in this game. Um, I know he doesn't throw touchdown passes, but you know this was a Jimmy Garoppolo start-to-finish complete football game with not many mistakes. I mean, we talked about, right, one bad throw. Jimmy has been notorious in San Francisco, Ant, for throwing at least a pick. Once a game where he just makes an atrocious throw to someone he has no business throwing the football to. That wasn't today. Even the throw that almost gets picked off by Tabor is intended for a guy who's getting held in space and there's a miscommunication on the route with two different guys being in a similar area. Jimmy was dialed in start to finish. Offense was moving the ball downfield yet again and had opportunities and they just come away with field goals instead of touchdowns. Um, you know, halftime of the game on Discord, Monica and a couple of other people, hey, Alex, how are you feeling about the, the football game? I said, you know, well, we, we're, we might need to change up what we're doing defensively if the offense doesn't get going and get after fields a little bit. I said, but the second half really comes down to a few things. The 49ers need to score two touchdowns, and they need to create one turnover, and if they do that, they're going to win this football game. Said that at half. 49ers came out and scored two big touchdowns, and at the end of the game, they got a turnover, and we got a 49ers win. So technically, I was right. It didn't happen necessarily in the order that I thought it was going to happen. They did score three touchdowns in the in the second half. But I said they only needed two. Yeah. Two was going to win you the football game. And two got them the lead. Two put them out in front. Um, you know, the Bears kicker gave us one. Cairo Santo gave us one on a missed extra point, just like we gave him one on a missed extra point. Um, and the 49ers offense did what they needed to do in the second half to get consistency going. You and I talked about making the next step with this team. You need to put together Try and get close to putting together a four-quarter game, but right now we haven't put together what feels like a, a one-quarter game where you've executed consistently for a quarter. The Niners put together two quarters when they needed to and executed start to finish. I think you're on to something when you say the first half is how the season has been so far. The second half may be what we're hoping to see from this team going forward. It would be a great story. It would be a wonderful story. You couldn't write a better story than this. The way the 49ers have played through the first eight weeks of the season, the first half is a you know, cataclysmic, you know, sort of perfect representation of what it's been. And ironically enough, the Madden simulation was very similar to that. The first half was rough in that Madden sim. The second half, the 49ers put it together in that Madden simulation and came out of it with a W. Um, they did that this weekend. Madden sim knocked it out of the park in terms of the storyline of the game. And Ant, it could be the storyline of the season because you're going to have guys getting healthy now at the right time on both sides of the football for this team as we're seeing players across the league now for other teams, key players going down eight weeks, nine weeks into the football season for these teams. And some of those teams still have right games to go until a bye week, which means they're not getting a break. They're not going to get a, a reprieve where the 49ers did and now have survived, right? This, this ruling seven game start to the season and have the top possibility to get all these guys back at the right time. Yeah, it's a war of attrition in the NFL season. I mean, it really is who's left standing at the end. And all you're trying to do is get an opportunity to be in that conversation. The 49ers, you know, if you really break it down, yeah, they weren't execute, executing at pivotal times, but still making enough plays to get the offense or special teams opportunity to put up points, right? So yep. every single drive ended up in an opportunity to put up points. There's no turnovers. There's no turnover on downs. The 49ers executed, went forward on fourth down, got it. Um, everything that they were doing, they were at least giving themselves a potential of points. In the first half, they weren't executing on touchdowns. They weren't getting into the red zone. They weren't able to do that. In the second half, they capitalized on those situations. 
So if you really look at it top to bottom, the offense did what they're supposed to do, right? Score on every possession or at least have the opportunity to do so. You were in you were in range for either three points or seven points. Right, and that's what your goal is. So offensively, they came out with a plan. They stuck to it. They got through the whole game, and they executed at a pretty high level. Just the second half is the execution comes to a huge level. Um, anytime you were in a, a big third down situation, somebody made a play. Debo Samuel with a huge run. I think that play on that screen pass is one of the biggest plays for the season because I think it did completely flip the momentum of that game. And after that, the 49ers get a stop, you know, because we had the extra point miss. The 49ers get a stop, get the ball back, and go right down and score again. And then convert on the two-point Oh, of course. Conversion. And that's what it does is all of a sudden it went from, oh, we just flipped the script on these guys. We went from being down seven, you know, to up eight or, or up seven. Up seven. Up seven. That quickly, um, that that proves, you know, they, they started getting that confidence, started getting that swag. You've seen the energy level from some of these guys change. And I think that they're going to be a confident group now, and they're going to go into they're going to be willing to go into this game against Arizona and try to get a win. But this game meant a lot, and it meant a lot to their mental because losing four straight games is tough. But when you can come out of it, you can get that belief, like you know what, we lost those, but that's not who we are. Um, that happened. We're not going to say that didn't happen. That's who we were. Yeah, but we can go out and execute now over the over the remaining part of the season, and we can get this done. And because we have two big divisional games left, or you know, coming up, if we win these two games. It completely flips the outcome of what the season looks like. Not only does it make you in the hunt for a playoff spot, but also for the division crown winning these two games. Correct. And listen, neither one of us is going to sit here and say that the 49ers are back in contention for the NFC West. No. But what I will say is a win against the Rams and a win against Arizona. Arizona first, take care of business there. That gives them two straight, and they still, I think, have two, two or three more games until their bye week. With you know them still having to try and overcome the J.J. Watt injury, the injuries on the O-line, and Kyler Murray dealing with his ankle stuff. If Kyler Murray is out this week and ends up missing a game or two more, you can talk about Arizona who started 7-0, and right? World is their oyster. They're the, the darlings of the NFL. They are the best team in the NFL. If Kyler Murray misses two games after this and they lose three straight, okay, now what? Uh, 49ers win three straight. You're a game back of Arizona. Mm -hmm. You're one game back. Um, an NFL season can change in a heartbeat, on a dime. Um, you know, you're, you're not out until you're out. Um, the, 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 you know, the fat lady isn't singing until she's actually singing. You know, you could, you could start off a year absolutely atrocious and climb your way and claw your way back into the fold and into the thick of the hunt just by doing the things you weren't doing early, executing, converting on third downs when you're supposed to, getting stops, making teams settle for three points instead of seven to give yourself an opportunity and get yourself a chance. And then the things that are outside of your control, right? Getting healthy at the right time, um, you know, meshing and molding at the right time, everyone gelling and clicking and getting on the same page at the right moment. Um, you know, you can start a season clicking, but if something goes awry and you lose that, that sense of identity or that sense of what made you special, um, sometimes it's hard to get that thing back. It's hard to find that again because teams know what it is, right? They know what it is that makes makes you click. And I said this on Quest for the West a few weeks ago, and you and I talked about it. The 49ers have created a blueprint now for dealing with Arizona. They've created a blueprint. Arizona created a blueprint for how to deal with the Los Angeles Rams as well. And Kyle Shanahan has always had success against McVay and that team. If the rest of the league is taking notes, and it looks like they are, because the Green Bay Packers were a depleted football team who, you know, you and I and said on, right here on the show, it would be great, great if Green Bay wins this football game. I would love to be wrong about this game. But I, those weapons, that's a lot of weapons that you're missing. I, I just don't see it. It's probably going to be a tight game, but I just don't see it happening. Well, it happened. 
It happened. Okay. Everyone's got a blueprint now to how to, how to deal with and slow down this Arizona offense. If teams start executing, Arizona's offense struggles, they're missing a key piece in their run game, well, their strengths now become very, if their strengths are now limited, right? The areas that you can attack them and keep the, the game low, control the football, run it on them, now becomes a lot easier with no J.J. Watt in there. And the path for the Arizona Cardinals to stay the one of the best teams in the NFL has become extremely difficult for them. Yeah, I think one of the key things is finding balance on offense. And the 49ers found balance in this. Huge. Um, being able for Jimmy to go over 300 yards passing and then Elijah Mitchell, you know, tacking on a career high, you know, over 120 yards rushing. On less carries than last week. Yeah, his, his I think he had 9.1 yards per carry, which is absolutely ridiculous. It's fantastic. You know, it's it's interesting. I always talk about that sometimes things get said in the media and they mean things. Mm-hmm. And people, oh, no, no. Um, one of the things that Kyle Shannon said is people are underestimating Elijah Mitchell this week. That means interpretation, Elijah Mitchell is about to have a big game. Um, Brian Ayuk is in a sophomore struggle. struggle. Um, him and John Lynch both say that. They didn't want to say slump because he's making strides. They knew he was going to have a big game. These things happen. They, they do talk through the media. The media things do matter. Um, those are narratives to actually listen to. So, yeah, I knew Brian Ayuk was going to have himself a game. I'm glad he did. Um, I really wish they would have connected on that second play, though. I would have loved oh, for Brian Ayuk to have a big play to start the game. But I would have um, lost it. You know, that, that timing, it looked like Jimmy and Brian Ayuk had a lot more timing in this one. It looked like he was feeling right where to be. Like, you, you talked about that play earlier where he broke back out on the scramble drill. Um, and he Jimmy put the ball right where it was. And Brandon's got that ability just to stick up those big hands and catch the ball. It looks so nice and clean. Um, those things are things to get excited on, things to build on. Now you add the best tight end in football back to your offense, and all of a sudden he makes it even more difficult for a defense. Mm. Uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for these, not to mention what he's going to add in the run game. Oh. Because now, in, and if you go two tight ends, it's him and Charlie Warner, and they're going to go get it done in the blocking area. Um, but George Kittle can do it all. This, this offense has the opportunity to now take off. Can the defense do enough to survive? Because you had Jimmy Ward going down in this game. Whiskey um, Tar going to be out for at least another two weeks. Tart's going to be out another two weeks. Um, so you're going to have some questions on that back end. And with Arizona, that's a question. But, uh, you know, if you have a backup quarterback, that could definitely help. That could definitely change things a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and also how the 49ers plan to play this defensive line. You got Jordan Willis back. So you got an, an extra edge rusher. They moved Armstead in early. Does that mean Armstead stays in and they go with a different rotation on the outside? Do they start going Armstead key on the inside? Um, I did like what I saw from key on the inside. I like the stunts with him and Evie come late in this game. I'm curious how they go with this, how they manufacture it. If it's not Kyler Murray that's playing quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, and it's is it Colt McCoy that's the backup there? It is Colt McCoy. If it's Colt McCoy, you don't have to worry about his legs as much. So now you can do a little bit different things and attack them a different way. You have to stay in your lanes as much. Um, he's a veteran guy who can still win football games. Don't you know? Don't get he me won, wrong. He won games last year with the New York Giants. Yeah. So I mean, he's he's always been someone that I've kind of been fine with as a backup quarterback. He's about for his career too. He's about 500 to win loss record. And yeah. He's thrown for good yards. I mean, Colt McCoy is is a very comfortable. It's a guy that if you have to start him for a game in the NFL, you're typically fairly comfortable with that game, maybe even two, um, especially the right matchup. And the 49ers, it's not it's not like it's a bad matchup for Colt McCoy with the interior pieces missing and secondary questions with the, at the safety position. It's definitely not a bad matchup for him. Well, we'll see because they got to get that run game going with Chase Edmonds. Also true. Uh, they, if they don't get that run game going with Colt McCoy at quarterback, the 49ers stuff it, then they're going to be in a world of hurt because then they're going to be able to really come after him. And because he can't, because he can't, ex, he can extend plays to a point, but not to the level that a Kyler Murray can. Um, they're going to be able to kind of collapse on these guys because Kingsbury's concepts are not outrageously difficult to figure out. 
Very, uh, very true, Ant. Very true. Uh, but let's let's dive into these offensive key matchups and what the Niners did or did not do, and whether they played a role or played an impact. Yeah. Uh, and Ant, let's start with yours because I feel like yours is is key. What the 49ers needed to do and the success they had in the second half. I see, I see what you did there. I know. I try. Uh, what was it? Mine was the 49ers offense against consistency. Mm. Um, and that was being consistent and making sure you move those sticks, make sure you're executing play in and play out. And I thought they did a very good job, especially in the second half, where they limited mistakes as well. You know, not as many offsides, not as many holding calls. I'm still not sure Trent Williams held on that holding call. Uh, I'm not, not convinced. Yeah. So, but I thought that this was a lot better game. And, uh, like I said, early on, there were still the, the drops. There were still things going on in the first quarter. Uh, and it seemed like as the game progressed, everyone kind of went. That's what I've been talking about. Sometimes you put that pressure on, you really put your feet to the fire, and you try to make too much happen. And I think Jimmy kind of taking on that role um, of t- being the fiery leader that he was kind of like got everyone like, okay, we can get behind this guy. And then once everyone settled in, it was fine. And it seemed like everyone was calm. You could see in this game, even when the 49ers were losing, Kyle Juszczyk, I know people hate this, but Kyle Juszczyk was on the sidelines laughing it up with one of the coaches and stuff. Jimmy Garoppolo was smiling. Even that You can play loose. You can play free when you're like that. You're not stressing. You're not pushing yourself. Um, there's a difference between being stressed, pushy, and then there's fire. When you're on the field, you play with fire, and that's different when Jimmy Garoppolo did. Um, so I liked it a lot, and I liked the consistency for the 49ers. So big W for the 49ers in that area. Huge W in the consistency area, especially in that second half. And yeah. I mean, and if we're being 100% honest, Ant, that's where it needed to happen. Yeah. If it was going to happen somewhere, it had to be there. It had to be offensive consistency at crucial points of this football game. Didn't necessarily need to be the first quarter or the second quarter, although, you know, it would have been great if your wow, that's bold, would have came true in the first quarter. Technically, Ant, you were half correct. The 49ers did score two touchdowns opening a half of this game. It was just the second half, not the first half. I'll give you half credit for that, my guy. Half credit on that. Um, but that's better than no credit. Um, and you, yeah. get, you get some bonus points for that. But my key matchup offensively was the big Mick, Mike McGlinchey versus the big Mac and Khalil Mack. And uh, Khalil Mack was so afraid to play that he just didn't even show up against <laughs> Mike McGlinchey. <laughs> No, this was a nothing matchup, essentially, because no Khalil Mack, which means it now becomes whoever the next guy is. At times, it was Robert Quinn over on that side. At times, it was another pass rusher, another edge rusher. Sometimes it was guys off the edge. But for the most, exactly, who, 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 the most important part is that McGlinchey didn't have to face Khalil Mack today, which means McGlinchey needed to step up and play well. And he did. He executed when he needed to. There weren't a lot of run plays today, Ant, when they didn't work, where I was like, man, Mike McGlinchey missed. Mike McGlinchey was hitting on all cylinders in the run game. He was doing his job in the past game. He was giving Jimmy Garoppolo clean pockets, and that's great. That's a positive building step for Mike McGlinchey now heading into Arizona and a very, very talented pass rush there that isn't going to be as formidable because you're missing J.J. Watt, so things get a little bit easier. You can chip a little bit more often because there's less guys and less bodies to account for in space for that Arizona Cardinals pass rush, but... Glinchy did what he was supposed to do today. We kept Jimmy clean. We kept him upright. And Jimmy Garoppolo paid off in a big way. Yeah, there was no Jimmy. There was no McGlinchey normal plays where you're like, ooh, ooh. There's usually one. Oh, there's always one. Um, but I thought that he did a good job. Anytime you don't say someone's name, they had a good game when you're an offensive lineman. Um, the only reason we say Trent Williams' name is because he goes in there and absolutely dominates. Um, but he held his own against, you know, Quinn, who is, you know, a good pass rusher. Absolutely. And Trent Williams is a guy that you know, he's been playing with some some injuries a little bit. Bro, he, I, can't, he's, I can't believe we paid him all of this money for him to go out and just 
dominate for four quarters. And Oh, there's one play in this game where he puts Roquan Smith on the ground on an outside sweep. I was loving it. There was that one. There was also the one where he's just escorting a gentleman to the Bears' sideline and the Bears' bench, too, on a toss. It's just like, man, I love you, Trent. I love everything that you do. But you're right. That was a big matchup, McGlinchey, against whoever the edge rusher was. Um, you know, whether it was going to be uh, Khalil Mack or anybody else. And McGlinchey took care of business today. McGlinchey won. Um, so that that's always good. Get, Jimmy Garoppolo had a lot of times where he was just sitting in the pocket, waiting, 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 a little bit of movement, waiting, waiting, and able to get the ball out. So clean pockets for Jimmy is always good. And McGlinchey did his job today. He definitely did, Ant. But now we need to talk about these offensive players and the offensive performers that literally were just beasts from start to finish, or at least for a good chunk of the game. It's time for our offensive straight beast of the game. Really simple for me. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. It's not close. It can't be anyone else. You can't say another name. You can say Debo Samuel all you want. He's 84 of the air yards, you know, or whatever of the yards after catch on the screen pass. Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo did what he needed to do today. He got this team in and out of the right place. He made great throws. There were no errant throws. I don't want to hear anyone talking about the the pass intended for Tabor out there on the perimeter when it was intended for Jawan Jennings and he got held. Jimmy Garoppolo executed this offense at a high level. There was no panic in his eyes. There was no fear in his eyes. He was extremely comfortable. The aura returned, Ant. I could feel the aura and the glow. the glow. I could feel it every time. I'm just thinking of Drop Bruce, Bruce Leroy with I mean, that, the glow. Ant. He was, he was operating at a high level. The Debo Samuel, was I'm pretty sure, was supposed to be a fly sweep action where the timing's off because McGlinchey's making an adjustment, or excuse me, Max making an adjustment at the line. Jimmy sends him in motion. He holds him. He pauses him. And then doesn't go, I'm going to give this to you. No, 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 no. Designed for you. You're out of position. It's fine. I got this, my guy. Let me put the offense on my back and punch this in for a touchdown. And then the read option, too, in the goal line. Jimmy Garoppolo did the things that he was supposed to do today to help this team win. We've been saying this about Jimmy. This is a great learning thing for Trey also. Anyone who's sitting there right now going, yeah, but Trey's not playing. Trey's... Things have been going absolutely disastrous for this 49ers offense. Jimmy Garoppolo has not strayed in his confidence from this team. He has not given up on any one of his offensive weapons and turned away from them. Guys have dropped balls, and he goes back to them later in the football game, whether that's Sanu, whether that's Brandon Ayuk, doesn't matter. Brandon, Brand, Not Brandon Ayuk, but Trey Lance has to be sitting there watching this right now going, Okay, when things aren't going necessarily the way I want them to, right. I don't have to start panicking and trying to force things to happen. I can trust the guys around me. I can trust that we're, coach is going to put guys in the right spot, and I can be more comfortable believing in the guy next to me, knowing that, hey, if I just put, hold his feet to the fire, right, I hold him accountable just like I hold myself accountable, we're all going to get there eventually at some point in time. It's just a matter of continuing the grind, believing in one another, believing in, in myself, right, and then going out and doing what my job is. Yeah, he gets to see how to be a leader. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is proving how to be a leader. He's got the team behind him going out there, and he's making sure that everyone is feeling rallied and, and in the right locations, doing what they're supposed to do. And then when he has a bad play, he sees how he responds to it. So Trey Lance is getting, you know, firsthand knowledge of what is going on and how Jimmy – but you're right. Jimmy had an absolutely fantastic game. You knew he needed to. Um, you don't put 100 friends and family in the crowd unless you believe you're going to have a big game, and he did so. And the fact that he went over 300 yards is very nice. 
I, I liked everything he did in this game. I thought he was playing really well, hitting all of his locations to, I mean, to a point. There was a couple of throws that were off. I mean, you're Double. an NFL quarterback. That's what's going to happen. You mean to tell me that they don't always make perfect throws? 100%. Oh, my. Um, and, you know, you did make a statement that, you know, don't come at me with Debo Samuel being the one guy. He's smart for that. I came with two guys. Oh! Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. Um, together in tandem, uh, did what we wanted them to do since they've been put together. They came out and they put this, you know, offensive uh, pass game on their backs and made some big time plays. The emergence of Brandon Ayuk really helps because then it, you can't put all your focus on Debo Samuel. And Debo Samuel's got over 800 yards receiving this year. Uh, that is an impressive number. He has. It's more he, than Jerry Rice through eight games, yeah, isn't that? He's raised himself to a level that I don't think anyone thought he could get, except maybe me. Um, and and that's good. We, that's where we wanted him to go. But um, no one thought, I know I didn't think he was going to get well over 1,000 yards this year, and he's on pace for well over 1,000 yards. And every time I think that this pace is going to slow down because they're going to bracket him or going to do something else, he finds another way, whether that's deep down the field with the big catch you know, to get to the five-yard line, uh, or it's the screen pass that he takes 83 yards down to the one-yard line. He can do it all. He can make plays. You have to be completely focused. Like I told you, was it last week, it's hard to bracket a guy that you never know where he's going to be. If you never know where Debo Samuel's going to be, it's hard to bracket him. But the emergence of Brandon Ayuk making pivotal third-down catches and making other plays, um, especially the two-point conversion where he made the guy look stupid. The guy's still looking for his jock strap right now, um, and it's around his neck because he just choked. 100%, that was a great play, and I'm looking for them to build off of this 100%. So, yeah, that's mine. Those two guys together. <laughs> oh, man, that is just glorious. The imagery there and You're welcome. the level of... Uh... Just absolute sheer disgustingness that was that route on that gentleman. I mean, it was... It oh, was... I thought it was disgustingness of the jockstrap around his neck. Well, I mean, the jockstrap <laughs> is around his neck because of how disgustingly disgusting nasty. that route was. It was I mean, nasty. It yeah. was nasty. It was a nasty route. It reminded flashbacks to the Bills last year and that slant he ran on Tredavious White. Oh, man. It gave me the goose pimples. I was like, oh, there he is. He's back, folks. It's Brandon Ayuk. It's it's the Brand. Oh my God! It's Brandon. It's Brandon Ayuk. He's back. Oh my goodness. Jr. was losing his mind too. Um, look, that's fair. Debo Samuel has been. I mean, I I can't I can't put it into words. I really can't because I thought this guy was one of the better wide receivers in the league. I didn't know that he could be this though. This right here. I know he can take the, the deep shot. I know he can beat guys over the top. I know he can excel in the screen game i know he excels great underneath i know he excels great over the middle of the field but to consistently do it each and every week at this level that's hard in the nfl that's that's hard in any profession to be that good in every facet of the game that's being asked of you you know I'm, on my job on a given day i'll be lucky if i'm great in every facet of my job you know it's, it's difficult to do that day in and day out is it every week, every practice, every game, film room, film study? You don't play at this level unless you're clicking on all cylinders in every way that is being asked of you. Um, and Kyle Shanahan doesn't continue to put you in spots to make those plays if you're not clicking at that rate each and every game, every day, and every scenario um, you know, that is being asked of you. Debo Samuel is oh, frick, a godsend this year. He really truly not is. bad for a gadget guy right not bad for a gadget guy man <laughs> I, I feel like anyone who said that right is probably punching themselves in the face right they're, now because of how awful that they're the meme is. of homer simpson they're just like fading fading into the well this just it just can't last that's that's what they're saying now it can't last forever and you know what it might you may be right maybe it doesn't last forever maybe the rest of the season he only finishes with 600 yards instead of the 800 he's put up through his first eight 
that's still going to be a 1200 plus yard season for Debo Samuel in the receiving game, which means if he's only getting 600 the rest of the way, that Brandon Ayuk is getting more targets and more touches. George Kittle's getting more targets and more touches. And a more diversified 49ers offense is a more dangerous and deadly 49ers offense. You know that's right, Ant. Uh, and, and, and once Joey Sly is gone. <laughs> the big 14 Jalen Hurd is returning. <laughs> uh, look, the, the 49ers offense is just getting themselves into the right, right groove and the right mold. And we're hoping that this carries in through the rest of the weeks. But the defense, this was different. This was a much different game from this defense. This defense has been locked down, you know, not giving up a lot of, of movement, getting off the field, especially as of recent. Um, that wasn't the case this game. A lot of check down stuff they gave up. They really tried to prevent the over-the-top deep stuff. Um, no defensive pass interference calls. And so my wow, that's bold, comes true. 49ers fans, cutback crew, some of you were laughing at me for saying it because it was funny, but also going like, we're going to get one, right? Not a single DPI, folks. Not one DPI. We did get a holding, but no DPIs for this team. Josh Norman with a big pick late in this football game, as well as the two, what would have been, well, two, he did. He forced two fumbles. He doesn't get, we don't recover either of them, but I mean, he's got like seven or eight of those now on the season. Um, he's consistently causing turnovers and creating turnovers for this team. They just have to start bouncing the 49ers away. Uh, but the 49ers defense did enough, right? It was bend, don't break today. They didn't break for the most part, other than a few drives. The mobile quarterback and Justin Fields hurt us with the boot stuff. Um, you know, not having necessarily the pieces in the secondary, like a Jaquiski tart to be able to come out and set the edge at times hurt. The DNs lost contain more frequently than they should have. Um, and anyone, you know, wanting to complain about, well, Eric Armstead always losing contain. Bosa lost contain today. Willis lost contain today. Uh, you had Jordan, uh, Samson Ebicom lost contain today. It was a host of guys who lost contain. They were selling out for this run game because it was gashing them. They were trying to make sure they slowed down Khalil Herbert the, as best they could. Um, and the first half, you know, the run game was really, really effective and really efficient. And the second half, the front, especially the interior guys, whether that was Street, whether that was Givens, DJ Jones, they did what they needed to do. They started eating up blocks. They started splitting double teams and making plays in the backfield. Um, and it was glorious in the second half, slowing down that run game and kind of forcing Justin Fields, especially late in this football game, to try and be a passer. And he started to struggle a little bit. I want to watch it from the all-22 angles, but my interpretation of what happened was they started in a wide nine and they expected to keep Justin Fields inside the pocket but they were leaving running lanes for the running back to be able to go. Herbert was looking pretty good. He is that one cut-and-go guy. Everyone mm -hmm. that talked to us about the, from the Bears, they're right. He's, he's a good running back, um, and he was able to take advantage of it. In the second half, they made the adjustment. I told you about Flanagan Foles in the reaction show coming up to the, the edge you know, and putting that five, fifth guy on the line of scrimmage. I told you in the game plan show, I thought that's something they should go to. They should bring a fifth guy. I actually wanted them to bring Ebucom and put him in that situation and not have Flanagan Foles on the field. Um, if we get into all 22, that might have been the case. They probably should have done that a little bit. But um, they had him out there, and they brought those defensive ends in, and they played him in a different technique. They, it wasn't a wide nine. You know, They were playing in an eight and a seven. They were bringing him in, and so that way they could help stop the run. And then that left Justin Fields some opportunities. And then they had other opportunities where they had Justin Fields dead in their sights, and tackling was somewhat an issue. He proved how physically strong he is, and how he's able to escape from guys. Um, that one he made on fourth down is just an excellent run. I mean, Armstead had him dead to rights. He got away. He juked Kevin Givens and DJ Jones, and he outran you know another guy and got to the edge and then and made some good cuts. It's a great play. So he's a really good player. 
But what they did is they picked their poison. They didn't have the enough ability to be able to take both things away because of the weaknesses at linebacker. So they decided we're not going to give up any pass interferences. We're going to leave our guys over the top. We're going to play loose coverage, make him beat us underneath. And then we're going to we're going to see what we can do in the first half with the run game. And if we can stop it in our wide nine, we're going to do that. It's going to help us keep Justin Fields in check. And if it doesn't work, we're going to have to adjust. And they did. They adjusted. They took away Herbert. Herbert wasn't as successful, but it allowed opportunities for Justin Fields. And he took advantage of some of those, getting over 100 yards rushing in this game. But he threw for under 200 yards of offense. Yeah. So he threw under 200 yards passing. So you, like you said, right, you pick your poison in terms of what you were willing to give up and what you were allowing them to have success with. You want to be able to move the chains and dink and duck all the way down the football field and take nine-minute drives? Okay. All right. You, you can do that. Um, we're hoping that our offense can sustain and extend some drives and, you know, hopefully get our defense some rest at times as well. But when you get into the red zone, we're going to, you know, try and hold you to three because now you have less field to work with. So now we don't have to worry about you beating us over the top because there's really not an over the top to defend. You only got 15, 20 yards. So now you're going to have to execute at a high level. A um, couple of them he did that throw um, where Josh Norman tried to undercut the route towards the corner of the end zone, the little crossing to route there James. to Jesse James. Yeah, That was a great throw. He put it in a really good spot and 100%. Norman just misses it by a hair. Um, and then the scramble, right? The scramble for a touchdown where that's just Justin Fields being an elite athletic talent in this league and being a guy that's hard to tackle, hard to defend, and being a mobile quarterback. Um, those are the type of plays that mobile quarterbacks can make in this league. That's just the reality of the situation. We've seen Lamar Jackson have plays better than that or even similar to that. You know, we've seen Trey Lance scramble and, and make some runs and make some cuts that right. are close and similar to that as well. So those are just some of the things that are going to happen. And when you're missing the linebacker play that you're missing right now, with Aziz out, who's been playing great, and Trey Greenlaw, who was playing phenomenal to start the season off as well, just it's just hard. It's just a lot of things that you're going to have to try and take away without necessarily the talent or the understanding at, of the position that we typically have out there. 49ers did enough, like you talked about. They adjusted when they needed to. They were able to slow this team down, and the 49ers didn't necessarily get stopped offensively. The defense did get a stop. They needed they needed at least one, and I kept calling it early in this game. It needed to be a turnover. They got a stop and a turnover at the end to seal this thing completely and put it you know just out of reach, kneel this thing out, and call it a day. They did what they needed to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where they couldn't get off the field. They couldn't. Every single third down, it seemed like Chicago was able to you know to get it done, um, and that is something that the 49ers were were living with. You know, they were just they were just trying to survive. They were just trying to hold on. Do enough. Um, make Chicago earn it. And and you want to consistently make Justin Fields make that play. And you've seen Correct. him, as the pressure built a little bit into the fourth quarter, you've seen him overthrow Allen Robinson. You've seen him make a couple of like, little hiccup plays where the pressure got to him a little bit. Not a lot, because he, he did such a great job in this game. Mm -hmm. But just enough where consistently they couldn't execute for four quarters that way. And the 49ers knew if they played this way, they would give themselves an opportunity to win. And it worked out. Was it their best defensive performance? Absolutely not. Was it frustrating to watch as a fan? Absolutely it was, because they kept converting on third down, um, converting on fourth down with a big touchdown run. Those things are normally backbreaking for a defense and for a team, but the offense was getting it done for you. So the defense could rely on the offense today, complementary football, norm, you know, working in tandem, but was it, the defense was struggling, offense took care of business. Maybe next time the offense is struggling, the defense will take care of business again, but just get it done. And if they ever get it together at the same time, Look out, because here comes a blowout. A uh, big blowout, Ant. Yeah. Um, but look, we both had key matchups as well. And let's 
let's talk about, uh, you know, if they played an impact, and we'll start with mine, which we all know did, because it was part of built into my wow, that's bold, and that was our defenders, our DBs, handling business and knowing what to do with the hands and the hand placement, other than the holding call. Beautiful defense, beautiful, absolutely beautiful, bonita, however you want to say it, it was glorious. The defense did what they were supposed to do. The, D, the DPI's non-existent ant. We didn't take the field, yeah. right, and give them extra additional yardage. You made them play underneath. You made them check down. I don't like them converting necessarily as much on third down as they did, but I'll take the no DPI's and putting your defense in an even worse situation than, than they needed to be at, at moments in space. You made Justin Fields earn it. He earned it to an extent, Ant, but he didn't earn it when it counts, and that's what matters this week. The Niners get a big W. Defense does just enough. But what was your defensive key matchup? Um, before I get to my defensive key matchup, I'm going to say something somewhat controversial, I believe. Oh, boy. Um, is I would have rather had a defensive pass interference and then play tighter covers than what they were doing today. Okay. Um, because if you play somebody like a Kyler Murray or a Matt Stafford, mm -hmm. they're going to strategically pick you apart if you continue to play this soft of coverage. Now, now question for you. Was it because of who they were playing at the quarterback position well, that this strategy was implemented? Well, we're going to find out because it made Emmanuel Mosley look like a complete bum. Um, and there was times that he came up to the line of scrimmage and press coverage and then didn't even put his hand on the oh, guy. Oh, bro, a couple and of those routes he got burnt. Goodwin absolutely smoked him and didn't do anything off the release, just ran. Um, it, it was it was interesting uh, because Emmanuel Moses looked good all season and all of a sudden they flipped the script. So I don't know if they went all the way the other way because they've had the pass interference. Like, I, I get it. But in the same regard, if you play this way against the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to smoke you with rhythm passes all day long. Green same, Bay already did. Same thing with uh, same thing with the Rams. If you yeah. do this against the Rams, Stafford is going to pick you apart. So I think they need to find a medium. You're right. It could be have something to do with Justin Fields, you know, and just what they thought he could do. Maybe. Um, but uh, yeah, they got they got to figure that thing out. They got to find a happy medium. We it's you can't go all the way where you don't. Oh, I can never get a defensive pass interference call. Uh, if you do that, you're going to get smoked in this league. Um, so I'll, I'll say that. And then my defensive key matchup was Justin Fields versus the 49ers defensive line pressure. Um, and I thought they really didn't get to him a whole lot. I mean, even though they did have a couple sacks, Nick Bosa got to him, Samson Ebucom got to him on the nice uh, TE stunt. Um, that, those are nice things. Uh, I know Ebucom forced a third and 16 uh, incomplete pass to where he drove the guy back into uh, Fields' feet. But ultimately, I didn't think they did it consistently enough. I know there was probably an emphasis on staying in your rush lanes, making sure Justin Fields doesn't get outside the pocket. I just felt they would be able to overwhelm him a little bit more from what we had saw on film, bring a fifth, a sixth guy, and really get after him and make him get rid of the ball quickly. Because when you get into his area, his short area, he can't step into throws. He struggles. Um, that is something we've known since he was in, you know, going through the combine part of uh, the whole process. So I, I just thought they were going to do that a little bit more. They didn't. So I, ultimately, I can't give the 49ers a win on this. I think Fields did enough to extend plays and get outside. He did things that um, I didn't really want him to do. And they also, because of the weaknesses in the secondary, they kept Hufanga back and not always coming off the edge. He only came a couple times. Um, so it was an interesting game plan. That's why I'm interested to get into all 22 film and break it down. But um, they did enough to win, and that's what's important. You win, and I can't argue with it too much right if it produces the win. But just little things I noticed all, along the way. I was a little more critical of the defense this week than the offense. Uh, but I think that's understandable when you give up, you know, 22 points to uh, Justin Fields in this. An offense ant that hasn't uh, hasn't looked great, um, and even this week, um, I don't. I wouldn't say that the Bears' offense looked great. The run bank game looked phenomenal early. 
Justin Fields' ability to run with the football and extend plays looks great. I still don't see a lot of guys open for them in, in certain scheme Darnell situations. Mooney. Mooney does. Cole Komet. Cole Komet was getting open around our linebackers. Yes, but how much, again, very depleted linebacking core this week. 100%, but they were just sitting in soft zone. They I were. Mean, all day long. They were. This is what I mean. I am I, not convinced that this is a trend for this team going forward. We've seen how D'Amico Ryan. I don't think it's a trend either. I, I, we've seen how D'Amico Ryan's typically calls defense. This was very opposite of what they typically do. And maybe that was part of it, right? D'Amico Ryan's knows what he has been doing and the amount of blitzes he's been dialing up and scheming and the way they've been disguising coverage. This was maybe a week where they went, let's get, maybe, maybe we can get the rookie thinking too much, right? Thinking too much and being like, well, I'm seeing this, but there's no way it's going to be this and second guessing himself. We saw that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where even when he saw the right thing, he went away from it because he was like, there's no way. He'd go somewhere else with the football as the turtle clock's going off. So if you're the 49ers and you're D'Amico Ryan's, you rolled the dice maybe this week on, on a game plan or an idea. Didn't really pay off the way maybe you wanted it to, but you got out of this thing with a win. Your defense did enough, and you adjusted enough late in order to make some plays and you know get their offense off the field and put your offense on the field with a chance to seal the game, and they did. They did what they needed to do. But there has to be another adjustment now. You can't continue doing the same things over and over and over again. You can't roll the dice like this against again against Kyler Murray. You can't roll the dice like this against a guy like Matt Stafford in this Rams offense. You just can't do it. I don't expect it to happen. Um, but, but we'll see. If you're able to get Aziz Al-Shair back next week, D Ford back next week, and Dre Greenlaw back next week, there's no need for you to ever go to something like this ever again. Uh, you would think not. I mean, it, it, you really wouldn't. But we'll see what they do. I, I think there's they got to find some sort of happy medium be, besides you know playing on the top and playing press coverage. And then because it's one thing to have good hand placement, it's another thing to just not touch them. True. Um, you know, I mean, I expect calls here and there, and that's the NFL that you're going to get. Am I impressed that they didn't get one? Yes, but how can you get one if you're not even close to the guy? True. Um, there wasn't a lot of pass breakups from these these cornerbacks. They weren't like in guys' hip pockets. No, just, um, Justin Fields completed 70% of his passes, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Cole Komet beat Emmanuel Mosley across the field. Oh, uh, don't remind on me. On man coverage. Don't remind me. Uh, huh? Come on, man. He didn't touch him either. No, I mean, bad. come on now. I mean, it's to me, there were, there, there were, it's like, okay, we stretched the rubber band all the way over here. Uh, let, let, let's take it back to the middle now. You know what I mean? Let, let's get it to here. Let's find the middle. Yeah, let's find the middle. So I think that is something to watch against Arizona. I mean, when they played Arizona before, they didn't really have a whole lot of those issues. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's the biggest takeaway from it. But I didn't think the 49ers won as far as the pass rush area either. It was nice that no. Bosa, Bosa had a great game again. Um, and then Ebicom comes up with a big sack. But there was opportunities also for Armstead to have a sack. I know Marcellus Harris had a sack, but that was on like more of like scramble. And he gets him and hits him with the club, which I loved. Club to the ankle for the sack. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. And look, no, I wouldn't say no one really tore up in the passing game, in the receiving game for them, but it was all just, it was always chunk play. Well, not even chunk plays. It was always big plays for them at times where the Niners had a chance to get off the field. You know, third and sixes, eight, nine yard, 10 yard gain over the middle of the field. Uh, third, and, third and 13, sitting in cover three, deep hitch route. 13 yards, 14 yards for a first down. Just stuff like that. Mooney goes 6 for 64. 10.7 yards a catch. You don't want to see that at the Darnell Mooney. Jesse James, 3 for 38 and a big touchdown. Uh, 12 yards per catch. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, 2 for 32. Not a lot of catches, but a nice chunk of yards. And again, at the wrong times for the 49ers. Cole Komet, only 3 catches for 24 yards. Stat line-wise, right? You don't look at that and go like, wow, that's super impressive. 
but it was always on third downs that extended drives or first and longs or second and longs to big big chunk plays to get them back into positive game scripts. And Allen Robinson, three for 21. Not, again, not a great game, but all of his catches at the times when they needed to. Uh, the big hurt today was Justin Fields, 10 carries for 103 yards. That was the, the big hurt. And then I think Khalil Herbert going into halftime had like 62 yards of, of rushing on like probably 15 or 16 carries. It, it was on track for a big day. He finishes 23 for 72. 23 carries for 72 yards. So the 49ers defense, definitely in the run aspect with Herbert in the run game, stepped up. Justin Fields, though, tore, tore us up with his feet. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what adjustments are made. And the All-22 film is going to give a lot of insight, too, about what the 49ers did early that didn't work, what they did late that did work, and maybe helping us and D'Amico, definitely D'Amico Ryans, but hopefully helping us get inside D'Amico's head and figure out what that middle ground actually is going to be going forward. Yeah, maybe they clamped down in the second half, too. They could have done that. Two. Because they did start getting off the field in the second half. So maybe it was a first-half emphasis, we're going to do this. We'll see how they're calling it, and then we're going to do that. Awesome. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. The All-22 film is going to be fun on Patreon this week, so don't miss that. But Ant, from Straight Beasts and key matchups on defense, right? we got to get into who was hot on the block for the defense, who actually stepped up in a big way and did what they needed to do. It's time for our defensive players of the game. It's time for who was hot on the block. <laughs> Yeah, and my defensive block is hot player of the game. Bosa. Bosa. Uh, it's got to be Nick Bosa. Bosa was doing it in the run game. He was doing it in the pass game. I uh, got after Justin Fields a lot. Uh, I thought he had another great performance. He's a back on track. You know, I, I think he's I mean, definitely set to get double-digit sacks, but I was impressed with him overall. He, he went out and studded up. We're normally used to seeing him on the defensive right side, played primarily on the defensive left side with Samson Ebicom, you know, hanging out in his spot. I thought he went out there and took care of business. Um, not being on the blind side, but being right there in Justin Fields' face every single play. So well done by him. Absolutely well done by him, Ant. And I'm actually going to throw a swerve. I know we talked pre-show, and I gave you a name. But the more that we've talked about this game and what happened in the second half, and then the more I just took a look at the stats and the numbers in terms of the run game for the, the Chicago Bears, I have to switch this up. I was going to go with Samson Ebicom, and I may watch the L22 film and kick myself for doing this. I'm going to go with DJ Jones. I think DJ Jones' second half was what this team needed at the opportune times when it needed it, slowing down that run game, right. putting them into longer third-down situations, executing when you need to, blowing up run plays, you know, causing Justin Fields at time to throw with pressure in his face. It allowed Samson Epucom to have those one-on-one matchups. So he could create that, those sack opportunities and those stunts would actually work um, because they weren't expecting that TE stunt when it actually happened when they dialed right. it up. They were expecting a straight rush opportunity there. Epucom works inside of Peters. Nobody is there to help. He blows right through as, I think it was Arden Key you said, right? Comes off the edge completely untouched as well. Um, DJ Jones did what he needed to do today. He stepped up in a big way. I enjoyed every second of it, every minute of it. Um, the defense drove me crazy in the first half. Gave me some moments of joy in the second half. And the 49ers offense, Ant, fills my heart with glee as we put up 33 points, get this big W and move ourselves one game closer to 500. Yeah, you got to get the win. You do what you got to do to win. The game plan worked overall because you walked away with the W. Accurate. Um, so looking at it from a you know a point of view where you're just pointing out what is there, yeah, there's there's some things that are there, but DJ had a great game. I remember we talked about it a little bit in the pre-show um, that you know he's he had himself a day. He made some good run plays, good run stops. 
and he's going to have to. I mean, he's the, he's the one that's really still there from the middle, you know, that starting core. He's going to have to hold it down. I've seen one time where uh, they would normally would pull him off on third down, and they kept him in. Uh, so that's going to be – I mean, that's the thing. He's going to have to contribute to this football team. He's going to get a lot of run. He deserves it. Uh, he's a su- successful player in this league, and I'm curious how the rest of the season goes for him, but good choice. Thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you, my guy. Not uh, as good as Bosa. Was. I mean, you can't really pick better than Nick Bosa right now. He's playing like an absolute monster. True. Um, but there are guys, Ant, who maybe they're not playing well for the full game, but they are bringing the hurt. It's time to talk about the hurt business players of the game. Ant, we did so much hurt that the graphic actually, it, yeah. the, the graphic messed up. The graphic froze. It got hurt. It got hurt from all of the hurt that the 49ers put on the Chicago Bears. Who was your first inductee into the Hurt business for Week 8, Ant? I think this is real simple. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to the Hurt business. Uh, not only does he run for two touchdowns, but also helps push Elijah Mitchell into the end zone. Um, no, I like this fire. Wait. It, Did that, the, 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 the reality stone's on. That's what happened. Yeah. Okay. I turned the reality stone on, and Jimmy Garoppolo ended up in the Hurt business. That's crazy. Jimmy Garoppolo, um, he played with that physicality today, that aggressive mentality, and he, he gets in the Hurt business. He deserves to be in the Hurt Business, yeah, he man. Does. He really does. He, he is absolutely incredible. Uh, another guy that has to go into the Hurt Business, though, is Kyle Juszczyk. Is Kyle Juszczyk on those sweet plays where they motion him across and essentially would give Charlie Warner a little bit of help. Every time he gave Charlie Warner a little bit of help, he blew the guy up so that Charlie Warner and the other guy would fall onto the ground. And then Kyle Juszczyk would get upfield and make another block or come back inside and cut a guy so Elijah Mitchell could spring for a huge game. Kyle Juszczyk brought the hurt all by his lonesome onto many, many a Chicago Bears defenders today. Those poor, poor defenders, but Kyle Juszczyk doing what he uh, what he typically does in this offense, which is make huge blocks and make big plays. Yeah, I'm going to go with Trent Williams next. Uh, on Elijah Mitchell's big run down the sideline, he, he put Roquan Smith on his back. Yep. I mean, absolutely ate him. And Roquan Smith is like, I'm riding along. I'm having a good day. I'm riding along. And boom, there's Trent Williams. Hello, Silverback. Hello, my back. Uh, and he was a pain in his crack. Um, because that and was goodbye, a- Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell was running. That at, it, was a, it was a great play. Trent Williams is, is known for those every single week. Every week he plays, he ends up in the hurt. Um, as, he, as he should, Ed. He should end up in the hurt business. There's a reserved seat for Trent Williams in the hurt business unless he's not playing. Um, and then, you know, sometimes the 49ers hurt in other ways, but not having him out there. Uh, but I also have to give one to Debo Samuel because Debo Samuel had a big catch over the middle of the field. Yeah. He turns up field and basically carries what looked like a thousand Chicago Bears defenders, but really it was probably like three or four. Uh, a couple extra yards for a first down on, on a big play to help extend a drive. It wasn't a third down or anything, but the 49ers offense was moving and it's a play where, you know, if, if Debo gets brought down, and it's second and two now instead of another first and ten after just getting a big first down. You know, 49ers have to go out and earn it. No, 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 Debo says. No, no, no. See, the offense is rolling right now. And see, I'm playing a phenomenal game right now because I've taken a screen pass 84 yards almost to the house. And I caught a big 50-yard bomb from Jimmy Garoppolo outside the numbers into the hash mark area. See, see, this is my day to shine. Like, I've been shining all season. And uh, I'm getting these additional two yards no matter how many of you are here. And he just bullied his way through people. Um, Debo doing Debo things and showing why he's one of the premier receivers in all of football. Yeah, I think those are great choices for the Hurt Business. Uh, pretty good list this week. That's an incredible list. And that's a 
pretty much all offensive lists for the hurt business. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of big defensive hits this week. There wasn't. Yeah. And you know what? It's okay sometimes. Sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. Just sometimes. You know what that means. Fonga, step up your game. I want to see you on the Hurt Business next week. I need some of this in my life, my guy. We need we need the Talanoa Hufanga. Look, this was a great game for the 49ers to bounce back from. They ain't done yet. They're not out of this yet. They are right in the thick of the hunt for the playoffs. Things are getting spicy in the NFC West, so who knows? Excuse me, Wednesday's Quest for the West episode is going to be very interesting. I want to see how Evan's feeling. Um, and we also want to see how Sam's feeling about his Seahawks. I imagine, you know, Evan's not too happy about what's going on there for the Arizona Cardinals. I can tell you that I'm going to be a joyous fella since the 49ers got a big fat win. But let us know what you thought about all of this game recap down below in the comment section right now. Does this got you stroking your beard like Ant does? Or are you pulling your hair out from the way the defense played and the way the offense struggled early? We want to hear about all of it from you down in that comment section. And while you're down there, don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And hit that notification bell. Hey, Evan. Hope those crumbled cookies taste good. Because you're going to be getting more of them, my guy. Because you just took a fat L that tasted just as delicious. <laughs> oh, sure. my God. Oh, it's going to be a fun week. We got Quest <laughs> for the West. We're going to have another Know Your Opponent with Evan as well later yeah. this week and talk about this football game and where the Cardinals are at now post-JJ Watt. And who knows with Kyler Murray what's going on there. I, I'm going to tune in to Quest for the West to find out. I, it's going to be very interesting, so make sure you're there for that. Make sure you're here for the rest of the content we have coming out through the week. And if you'd like to get a good giggle and chuckle at things going on in 49ers Twitter or just the 49ers space itself, head on over to Patreon where we got some of the worst and funniest takes in all of space and time in the 49ers Twitterverse that we get to have a good laugh at and poke some fun at it. Yeah, Big Yikes is wonderful. So hop over to Patreon, check it out. It's going to be a good time. I know I enjoy myself a good belly belly laugh and chuckle at this time of the year. It's true. Here we go. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be a lot of fun. But until the next one, cut back crew and the faithful. You stay safe. I remember the right way. Is, is always, always the 49ers. 49ers.